0: Appendix 2 of the Life of Thomas Lord Cochrane 10th Earl of Dundonald volume 1 by Henry Richard Foxbourne this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by Timothy Ferguson Appendix 2 as a striking instance of Lord Cochrane's method of exposing naval abuses part of a speech delivered by him in the House of Commons on the 11th of May 1809 is here copied from his autobiography volume 2 pages 142 to 144 an admiral worn out in the service is superannuated at four hundred and ten pounds a year a captain at two hundred and ten pounds a clerk of the ticket office acquires on seven hundred pounds a year the widow of admiral sir andrew mitchell has one-third of the allowance given to the widow of a commissioner of the navy i will give the house another instance four daughters of the gallant captain courtney have twelve pounds ten shillings each the daughter of sir andrew mitchell has twenty-five pounds. Two daughters of Admiral Epworth have twenty-five pounds each. The daughter of Admiral Keppel, twenty-five pounds. The daughter of Captain Mann, who was killed in action, twenty-five pounds. Four children of Admiral Moriarty, twenty-five pounds each. That is, thirteen daughters of admirals and captains, several of whose fathers fell in the service of their country, received from the gratitude of the nation a sum less than Dame Mary Saxton, the widow of a commissioner. The pension list is not formed on any comparative rank or merit, length of service, or other rational principle, but appears to me to be dependent on parliamentary influence alone. Lieutenant Ellison, who lost his arm, is allowed ninety-one pounds, five shillings. Captain Johnston, who lost his arm, has only forty-five pounds, twelve shillings and sixpence. Lieutenant Arden, who lost his arm, has nine pounds, five shillings. Lieutenant Campbell, who lost his leg, forty pounds, and poor lieutenant chambers who lost both his legs has only eighty pounds whilst sir a s hammond retires on one thousand five hundred pounds per annum the brave sir samuel hood who lost his arm has only five hundred pounds while the late secretary of the admiralty retires in full health on a pension of one thousand five hundred pounds per annum to speak less in detail thirty-two flag officers twenty-two captains fifty lieutenants a hundred and eighty masters Thirty six surgeons, twenty three pursers, ninety one boatswains, ninety seven gunners, two hundred and two carpenters, and forty one cooks, in all seven hundred and seventy four persons, cost the country four thousand and twenty eight pounds, less than the net proceeds of the sinecures of lords Arden, twenty thousand three hundred and fifty eight pounds, Camden, twenty thousand five hundred and thirty six pounds, and Buckingham, twenty thousand six hundred and ninety three pounds. All the superannuated admirals, captains, and lieutenants put together have but £1,012 more than Earl Camden's sinecure alone. All that is paid to the wounded officers of the whole British Navy and to the wives and children of those dead or killed in action do not amount by £214 to as much as Lord Arden's sinecure alone is £20,358. What is paid to the mutilated officers themselves is but half as much." Is this justice? Is this the treatment which the officers of the Navy deserve at the hands of those who call themselves His Majesty's Government? Does the country know of this injustice? Will this, too, be defended? If I express myself with warmth, I trust in the indulgence of the House, I cannot suppress my feelings, should thirty-one commissioners, commissioners' wives and clerks have £3,899 more amongst them than all the wounded officers of the Navy of England. I find upon examination that the Wellesleys receive from the public £34,729, a sum equal to 426 pairs of Lieutenant's legs, calculated at the rate of allowance of Lieutenant Chambers' legs. Calculating for the pension of Captain Johnston's arm, viz. £45, Lord Arden's sinecure is equal to the value of 1,022 Captain's arms the marquess of buckingham sinecure alone will maintain the whole ordinary establishment of the victualling department of chatham dover gibraltar sheerness downs heligoland cork malta mediterranean cape of good hope rio de janeiro and leave five thousand four hundred and sixty pounds in the treasury two of these comfortable sinecures would victual the officers and men serving in all the ships in ordinary in great britain viz one hundred and seventeen sail of the line one hundred and five frigates, twenty-seven sloops, and fifty hulks. Three of them would maintain the dockyard establishments at Portsmouth and Plymouth. The addition of a few more would amount to as much as the whole ordinary establishments of the royal dockyards at Chatham, Woolwich, Deptford, and Sheerness, whilst the sinecures, and officers executed wholly by deputy, would more than maintain the ordinary establishment of all the royal dockyards in the kingdom. Even Mr Ponsonby, who lately made so pathetic an appeal to the good sense of the people of England, against whom he was pleased to term demagogues, actually receives, for having been thirteen months in office, a sum equal to nine admirals who have spent their lives in the service of their country, three times as much as all the pensions given to all the daughters and children of all the admirals, captains, lieutenants and other officers who have died in indigent circumstances or who have been killed in the service.' End of Appendix 2, recording by Timothy Ferguson, Gold Coast, Australia.